So, so even for me, you know, I've got this new equipment and I'm trying to figure out how it works, you know, and, and I, I literally, Jamie, couldn't figure it out, you know, and, and so I thought this is what a community health worker should do. They should bring it to me and saying, hey, here, Scott, let me show you how to put this together and, and, and all of that. Um, so I think that um, moving forward, these community health workers can really um um, do a whole lot for us, you know, in terms of communicating that data and stuff back and forth. Welcome to the Disrupted Podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm your host and we're here with the Chief Disruption Officer for SC House Calls, Main Street Physicians, SC HomeRx and uh, Senior Health Express now and a bunch of other businesses. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, you know, um, it all just starts to, to expand as, as, <laughs> as always, based on what the patient's needs are out there. It is. Um, so yeah. Scott, so Scott, you you recently went on vacation, and this is this is um, it's hilarious when, and I'm always glad when you go on vacation because you get some rest. Obviously, you get to relax. But everybody's always anxious when you come back because they know you're coming back with a million ideas because you've been resting, your mind's been able to just sit and think, and you you came back with some pretty good ones. Yeah, um, it it was um, it, it was a great vacation, I will tell you that. But here's what I do on vacation: I always stay when I when I first head out, if I'm on a plane or in the car or whatever, I start by reading um reading a book and mm -hmm. so this time i was reading um a book um I, I usually, it's a novel you know right. I, I just read I, I read something and and it's amazing how much it pertains back to sometimes with whatever ever else is going into into life but anyway i was reading john grisham's book that came out last october and and it really was about insurance companies and the way they uh, they, they manipulate everything to try never to pay claims, mm. you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And so that kind of got me all started because, you know, we have some really big payer groups out there, um, you know, people. And I'll, I'll just name them United, Humana. They're all under investigation right now by the um, by the um, uh the government for fraudulently um, bumping up risk scores and 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 trying to manipulate the system and then mm. basically not paying the providers what they should and keeping the profits for themselves. And yeah. United Healthcare is one of the most profitable companies in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And and their their profits, they just announced the profits recently and they're actually looking at trying to merge the two together. Which to me, I don't know how the government would allow that to happen yeah. um, with made, with putting seventy to eighty percent of all of their health care into one pot. Yeah, that's a monopoly. Food. Yeah. Well, well, and at the same time, they're investigating them for fraud, and and so I just had some real issues, with, you know, with with those things out there. But anyway, I started out that, and then I always try to read something that that's going to be also helpful, you know, in terms of business growth and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I and now I listen to tons of podcasts, sure. Um, and so I was able to get out in my exercise routines and stuff, and be able to listen to these podcasts. And and then I was also reading, you know, a lot about changes. And and but but here's what's really exciting. And how that all pulls together for uh, for the patients that are being serviced by House, uh, South Carolina and Georgia House calls and and Medicare uh, has just put out they they put out an addendum while I was on vacation that talked about the changes for how 
what they're going to do with health care for 2024, mm-hmm. which remember 2024 for the government starts on November 1st in 2023. So mm, we're, we're only yeah. a, a, few, a you know, two or three months away from that. And so I'm pretty excited about that. But the, the, you know, Medicare has been pushing now for the last two or three years, pushing as they're trying to push all primary care providers, as we've talked about on this call into a value-based health system. And then they're also trying to look at, well, how do we push everybody? But unfortunately, less than 50% of the primary care practitioners in the United States participate in any value-based programming, less than 50%. So they also are having to play. We still are in a fee-for-service world. We're also going into value so what are the things that we need to be doing to mm-hmm. kind of help to make sure that we have better quality care and outcomes for our patients? Sure. And so there's two things that we're going to talk about. One is um, Medicare now is going to begin reimbursing in the 2024 year. They're going to reimburse for um, for community health workers. And right. so community health workers, their goal is is for the community health workers to work for the primary care uh, docs. And then they are going into the community and into um, into people's homes mm-hmm. and helping to make sure that they tra- they're trained by the physicians to, to know what to look for, what to do so that we can help those patients live better. So about that time, you know, we were rolling out the, the Senior Health Express because what we realized is that our patients were not getting their medications. They weren't going by and picking them up. They weren't taking them. We also have patients that, you know, we, we have a terrible time trying to get oxygen, medical beds, walkers, those kinds of things. The DME world is, is really bad. So we're starting again our own DME company um, so that we can provide to our patients out there um, these this this equipment so that mm-hmm. we can get it to them in a timely manner. Um, and so we 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 started Senior Health Express, and this is the folks that are going to make sure that people get everything they need. Um, and now we were trying to we were we had been talking about well what kind of qualifications do these people need? What do we want those to 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 look like that are going into the homes? And and there was a lot of confusion, you know, even with our in our senior leadership about what that looks like. So some were were thinking, oh, you're just hiring a driver out here, and others are thinking, well, gosh, why are we sending a nurse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so community health worker. When we started looking at what Medicare was seeing for that, is is there is a certification for a community health worker and an education and training piece. Um, out there and and there's different groups that have actually already contracted with the government got got grants and funding to be able to train for this but in essence they're going into the homes and doing whatever the doctor needs them to do so what are we looking at delivering medications is definitely one of those things but when you deliver it it's not about just here dropping it off miss smith here's your meds let's go let's pull them out the bottle let's talk about what what these medications are let's make sure that you any old medications that are mm-hmm. the same, we're going to pull those out. So what they may do is facilitate a uh, telemedicine visit with the pharmacist to be able to say, "Hey, pharmacist, we're looking at these things. It looks like they got two bottles," and they and the pharmacist can say, "Yeah, throw that one away. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, keep this one. Throw that one away." Um, 
you know, patients aren't destroying their medications correctly. So we could even help them in that process to destroy the medications in the home. But we could also be setting up remote patient monitoring devices for them yep. so that we have we're gathering information that we can be looking at at uh, things within the home that are issues. I even foresee as we expand our value base that they may be delivering meals. So to mm. make sure that people get their food over the counter medications, maybe they need band-aids, maybe sure. they need, you know, um, uh, fresh vegetables. I mean, th- this group is going to be out there helping to discover the needs of our patients. And they'll also be helping to make sure that that gets coordinated with the plan of care for everybody else on the care team. So these community health workers, I think, because they're going to be in the home, we're looking right now at a ratio of about one to 200. So um, what would happen is you think they work 21 days a month, they would probably see roughly nine or 10 patients a day Mm -hmm. in an eight hour day. They'll spend probably 30 minutes at every patient's home. Yeah, so so as that the, as they go out to see, they probably see all of their patients at least once a month. It, it is the goal. Spend about thirty minutes with them and making sure everything is is okay, and then um, uh, they would be able to um, you know to to relay all the information back to the care team. As an example, and this is for every patient, I had gotten an order to do a, um, a sleep study and also a, um, a cardiac monitoring. And we've got these really cool devices. It's mm-hmm. like the sleep study is just a ring you put on your finger. And then the cardiac um, equipment, you you put two leads on and you wear it around for a few days. Right. So, so even for me, you know, I've got this new equipment and I'm trying to figure out how it works. You know, mm-hmm. and and I I literally Jamie couldn't figure it out. You yeah. know, and and so I thought this is what a community health worker should do. They should yeah. bring it to me and saying, hey, here Scott, let me show you how to put this together and 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 all of that. Um, so I think that um, moving forward, these community health workers can really um, uh, do a whole lot for us. Yeah. You know, in terms of communicating that data and yeah. stuff back and it- forth. It sounds like, you know, their, their responsibilities will be, you know, curry as a courier, but education and support. It sounds like those three, those are the kind of the three pillars that they'll be responsible for. Right. Exactly. So, so a one to 200 ratio is what I'm thinking because, um, you know, if they want to be at least be able to see most patients once a month, some patients you may not need to, to see that often and others you probably need to see spend a little bit more time. But the key mm-hmm. to it is these community health workers. We need to hire them in in the places where our patients are. Yeah. We don't need them. Dry, and that was a, a confusion from some of our, our leadership as well. You don't need to have somebody grabbing because they're picking up the meds at the pharmacy and then driving an hour and a half to somewhere and then doing all of their community health and then driving back. We don't mm-hmm. want them spending a lot of time on the road. Sure. Um, so one one of the things we may have to have with, with our uh, Senior Health Express is we may have to have express drivers who are literally going around to meet up with those community health workers and giving them their, their supplies and the stuff that they have to deliver every single day. Sure. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's a neat position. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. 
I think that's going to help a lot of people. People are going to get their medications, their DME eventually when, once that. And, and I love the idea, Scott, of, of, of even bringing food because how many how many of these seniors and, and people that are out there that aren't getting proper nutrition or if they do get, you know, food, it's terrible food. They're, they're going to the dollar store and picking up, you know, Twinkies and, and those kind of things. You know, that's amazing. Well, what, one of the things that uh, that I learned at, at a recent conference that I went to is that I talked to a group and they had done a study on um, on food uh, desert areas. And so what they had been doing, uh, some of the groups have been going out there and either giving gift cards or either or helping people to get fresh fruits and vegetables that could be taken to their home. And what they discovered is that the majority of the fresh fruits and vegetables ended up being thrown in the trash mm. and going bad. And so they said for, for a bang for their buck, what they did is they ended up getting pre, pre prepared meals, yeah. good prepared meals that were frozen. And what they found is that most of the time those were eaten um, and, and taken and that, that that was given a better use of the dollars. And you think about it, most most older adults who are chronically ill and 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 not able to get out to a grocery store are mm -hmm. also probably not able to really prepare a meal with fresh fruits and sure. vegetables. Yeah. Right. Wow. Uh, that's that's really amazing. And I think visionary. I think that's you know, I, you don't see or hear about other primary care practices primary care practices doing things like this. This is, this is a lot. And I think it's going to be a huge addition to, um, house calls for sure. Yeah. Well, like United, uh, healthcare has a program out there now where they'll give you a gift card to buy up to $90 worth of food a month. Mm. And, and so my thing was, well, if they're going to do that, why don't they just give it to us as primary care and let them let, let it be delivered you yeah. know, to them. But they'll also do things like, we'll give you a gym membership. Well, what is an old person going to exactly. do with a gym membership? I mm -hmm. mean, they just don't, you know, yeah. now maybe hopefully when I'm 90, I'm still going to the gym, but my dad's never been to the gym, right? He's not going, Yeah, you know, That's he's just going, not part of who he is. He's swinging those golf clubs though. So no, he does swing the golf clubs. He does. <laughs> and, and he does a lot of walking. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's great. That's, that's going to so, be a really cool position. That's going to really help a ton of people and, and just bring, make, make this care more robust, uh, you know, completely. Now, Scott, let's talk about this other position that you've, you know, you're working on and we're already hiring. I think we've already got our first one hired. Um, they went through orientation this week. Um, and that's health coaches. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and there's been some confusion because you're rolling out two programs at one time, but, right. um, but health, you know, what, what really has to happen here, here's what I'll tell you. Our, our providers can generally make a medical decision as mm -hmm. we've talked about on this call before in five minutes, if they have all the information. Sure. Part of, but also part of, so one is that we have to make sure we're gathering the appropriate information, which now could come from the remote patient monitoring devices that we have to 
um, the specialist to the pharmacist to the social worker mm -hmm. to all the different different people out there. So gathering and getting all of that information and really putting that care plan for the patient together. But then who also is putting you put that care plan? How are we making sure that that care plan is being adhered to? Yeah. And and so there's so many people out there. The providers going in, they need to make a medical decision. Your your clinical coordinators that we have, who are nurses or medical assistants, they're just trying to look at all of the labs came in and this did that. This provider said this. They're trying to pull that information together. But who's literally coaching that um, that patient on 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 about three three things that I think are important. Diet, exercise, and sleep. Mm -hmm. So if if you have an appropriate diet, appropriate amount of exercise, and appropriate amount of sleep, then you're you're going to be a much healthier person. 100%. And that's why we have, we have not been concentrating on sleep. What we do is we ask people, are you sleeping okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the four sure. hours, yeah. I'm sleeping great during but, the four hours. <laughs> but we don't know it. Yeah, that's right. why this this sleep. You know, I've been tracking my sleep with a with a aura ring that I've been wearing for the last three years, and I've been amazed. And mm -hmm. and what I'll what I'll see is that there are times when I can look back and say the last several days that my sleep has not been good. So mm. what do I have to do? You know, it it could be I, what I ate or what I took or what I drank. You know, right. um, but but I can, I'll also use that time then to say, hey, this weekend. I'm just going to be prepared. I won't. I won't sleep an extra four hours, but I might try to get an extra hour sleep, or I'm going to try to go to bed earlier, um, you know, a couple of nights. And so sure. it has made me think about that those sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. So if we knew, and we can do that now with these uh, with the sleep study, the sleep study. The cool thing about it is it it can be billed to your insurance and and all, but it, it only costs about two hundred bucks. Yeah. So I can do a sleep study for 200 bucks and I can know what, whether you're in deep sleep, REM sleep. Um, so these health coaches will be looking at that information and then helping to build people this care plan and then encouraging them to do things. So yeah. so we may be looking, you know, what's your health goal? Your health goal may be I'm bed bound. I go from the bed to the to the um, recliner. Mm -hmm. And so our goal may be we're going to do a sitter size class with you. And right. we can do this through through uh, teams. We can mm -hmm. do this like a Zoom Zoom meeting and you could sit in a chair even with a walker. I need you to stand up, sit down 10 times in a row. And then we're going to do this exercise. Mm -hmm. So then, then you start looking at while you're talking with that patient. Let's talk about what you ate yesterday. Yep. OK, be truthful. Oh, my gosh, my daughter brought me a box of donuts and I ate six of them. Oh. <laughs> we Go need to fire your daughter. <laughs> yeah, right. And throw those in the trash. And then the health coach calls the daughter and says, please stop doing that. Your mother's a diabetic. She can't do that. But you're also going to be saying, hey, let's talk about your medication. Mm -hmm. You're going to be gathering more information through this, but you're also going to be educating that patient or that caregiver. And honestly, yeah. there's no one out there that could not utilize a health coach ever. And and so like health coaches for our assisted living patients uh, may go in and actually we're going to do a sitter size class. So we're going to take our 10 patients in here and we're going to do a 30 minute class uh, for, for them. Uh, we may be um, going door to door, you know, working with some of the patients or those health coaches may be calling the family members and saying, hey, this is what's going on. Working with the staff, they could mm -hmm. be doing dementia education and training yep. with the staff. 
you know, if you did this, this would make it a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many things. Our clinic patients that are that are younger and healthier, yeah, I'd appreciate having a health coach maybe not come into my house, but but calling me mm-hmm. and and saying, Hey Scott, you know, I was looking at your your labs and your numbers and I've been following. I don't know why my doctor hasn't given me a remote patient monitoring. Yeah. You know, I go in once every three months now because I've told him I need to come in once every three months. But but he and he asked me a lot of questions, but he's not he's not seeing the data himself. Mm, yeah. So how do we get the data to them? Right. And I think our health coaches will make a big difference. In yeah. One hundred percent. You know, here here's the deal, Scott. And and but we're seeing this in business and in all kinds of different ways. Coaches are the the most successful people in the world right now have coaches. Everybody like, you know, it's not just it's not just athletes that have coaches. It's it's you've got tons of business coaches. You've got, you know, life coaches. There's all kinds of different coaches because we know coaching works and we know that people that have a coach are going to do better. They're going to be held more accountable to reaching their goals. And, and that's going to be an amazing thing to help people reach their health goals. Right. Exactly. And, and, and so, yeah, if if you're in business and you don't have a coach, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm telling you, you're not going to be in business long. You need to be coaching about that. Um, you know, that, that, that could be your boss. I mean, that's really what mm-hmm. I see bosses are nowadays is there really should be coaches coaching mm-hmm. people to do what what they, they need to do to make themselves more productive and a, as a better, um, you know, to to give back to, to their organization. Um, yeah, so I think health coaches um, are, are will definitely be a, a big trend. I mean, CMS is really pushing for health coaches, for community health workers. And I, I, would, I would say that in some cases – that community health worker could be the same as mm-hmm. could be the health coach as well. Um, but I'm really seeing that, um, that it would be, it, 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 it probably will work better having the two positions because we're going to use that community health worker to also help us make sure that they got the medication. So for example, mm-hmm. let's say you've got a patient out there and nurse practitioner goes by today and says, Hey, I need to, I need to run some labs. Um, and I also need to um, to get either blood drawn or a urine sample or something like that. And then we're going to decide what we're going to give you based on that condition. Um, right now, we have Mako Labs that runs their cars around. But the mm-hmm. way that to, in order for them to be successful, they go to certain regions at certain times during the, during the week. So it could be that the Mako Lab guy came, you know, yesterday into this region, the nurse practitioner I'm talking, it could be a virtual visit and I talked to today needs lab. Now Mako's got to come right back out. Yeah. Um, you know, so what we looked at is that these um, community health workers um, could also have be medical assistants or phlebotomist that, that could also draw your labs or pick up your urine or whatever it would be because they would be living within your community. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the real key factor. Now in the rural areas, you know, they're going to have to drive a little bit, a little bit more, but the, it would be senseless for me to hire somebody in Columbia who then is going to be the community health worker for Gaston. Right. So we've got to figure out how to find those people, even in those small rural areas out mm-hmm. there uh, that can be those um, 
Now, health coach, again, is going to have to be much more sophisticated. Sure. They really need to have training in, uh, in anatomy and, and, and the structure of the body and, and, and exercise and those kinds of things. And so it's going to be harder to find those people probably in those rural areas. Um, but, but then that way they can work a lot, of, a lot remotely. Mm-hmm. except sure. maybe going into the assisted living. Yeah. 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 Cause I could see them doing a lot of education, group education with people in, you know, assisted living or independent living and, and providing, you know, that kind of coaching group coaching. And I, I think there's so many different ways you could work this, um, to, to make a real impact. Yeah. So we have um, roughly last month, we probably saw 17,000 patients in their homes. Mm -hmm. So divide that by 200 and you're looking at 85 health coaches and 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 85 community health workers. Mm -hmm. Because, again, a health coach, uh, a health coach maybe could do a few more than that, um, depending on their uh, the acuity of of those particular patients. Mm But to get to get uh, the community health workers, there's that's that's a lot of people. That's a lot. Of people. Um, and we're really looking at, yeah, ratios. We're looking at probably the community health workers. You would have one per care team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure that one one might be enough, depending on how big the care team is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We'll we'll see shortly. I mean, once once this position is up and running, that's when you begin to learn and. And, and then solve problems. So we need community health workers. We're going to go hire 85 people and, and deploy them. And then we have kind of a general idea of what we need them to do. But then we're going to begin, we're going to be continuing to develop the program, retrain people, train people to do things to get this thing started. Mm-hmm. So the key factor in, in, in this is always, okay, what are, what's roughly what are they going to do and what kind of positions? For example, we started out with hiring our, um, our directors of clinical services. We took kind of people who we had and moved into those positions, but we rapidly figured out that for them to do their job good, they really needed to be nurses. Yeah. And so we started hiring nurses and transferring them in there and then moving the patients who or the, the employees who weren't nurses into other positions that they could be successful in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with this position, we're, we're trying to get people out there and started. And so what will happen is it'll take a couple of years for it really to get fully developed and we really understand what this position is going to look like. So it mm-hmm. does take some people who, who have flexibility when you're hiring in those positions. But with every nonprofit, for example, I've ever been associated with, whether it's a university or it's a health system or a hospital system, all what they normally do was say, okay, we have to have everything perfect. Like we need to have the exact job description. (laughs) Everybody needs to know exactly what they're going to do forever and ever and ever. And so then we have to run it through all of these boards and these committees, and then we got to do this. So it usually takes them two years to roll this mm-hmm. out. Yep. So, so what I'm anxious to see as CMS says, boom, here, we're going to start paying for health coaches, um, you know, either October, November 1st or January 1st, I don't know which. How many other organizations are going to roll this out? 
And I think that's been the problem. Mm-hmm. So so CMS has rolled this thing out about a year ago in terms of the training. I don't know how we missed it, but we never saw that that, that what they were doing with this thing. Um, and so we weren't the trainers. And so now we're kind of dependent upon like the University of South Carolina, I think, is the trainer in our region for health mm-hmm. coaches. So when I go and say I got 85 that have to be trained by September 1st, are they going to be able to do it? Mm-hmm, and my sure. guess is no, because they're still, even though they got the contract and the funding from the government, they're probably still interviewing the staff that they're going to hire to teach it. Mm-hmm. And then that that staff has to create the program. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Scott, you know, organizations can wait and they can try to get everything perfect. But here's the thing, even if you get it perfect, you're still going to have to make changes because things aren't going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. So you might as well start it and figure it out as you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but we'll get there. Um, hey, Jamie, I hate to, to cut it short, but I got another meeting that started right, a few Scott. minutes ago and uh, I got to run. But this listen, thanks, guys. I look forward to, uh, to seeing how our new health coaches and community health workers uh, change the world. Yeah. All right. That's great. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at thedisruptedpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub, and the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.